0: Welcome to another episode of the Trust Your Board Podcast. My name is Steve Wright, joined by Mr. William Monroe. Will, how would you enjoy that game last night?
1: Actually, I mean, I thought it was fun. I mean, obviously, from a fantasy perspective, not a lot of guys are hoping for, Um, you know, did much. I was rooting against a few people, so that played into my favor as well. But it was, you know, it's not what I want the NFL to be all the time. But in a situation where you had two of the best defenses in football, I think it was fun to watch.
0: Yeah, stuff like that happens every once in a while. It's it's kind of fun to see. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I, I saw a uh, a press conference with Bill Belichick this morning, and he said he's was feeling run down. <laughs> I thought
1: oh that was man, clever of him. <laughs> yeah, I saw it was it um McDermott was like basically saying yeah you know let's not give him too much credit. He ran the ball a ton of times. You know, I guess like trying to take away the game plan, but if it worked, I mean you got to do something different than if it's not working for you.
0: Yeah. And if, if somebody else asked Bill something about, you know, um, how much your playbook do you still have hidden from him? If you meet him in the playoffs or whatever, he's like, well, basically every passing play that we have, they haven't seen yet. So That's <laughs> true. Yeah. That was a, that uh, was a, weird That's game. a little sneakiness. Yeah. Yeah. It was a weird game, but it was, uh, it was interesting. It was fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was nice. I, I was. I heard someone say it'd be nice to see them, one of their teams, attempt a seventy-yard field goal. Since you had the wind at your back, going crazy, <laughs> yeah. and might be able to set a record that you could never hit again.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe in the in the days of uh, uh Exactly. You know, not that, not that uh, Folks are kicker, right?
1: Yeah, Folk and, and Bass has been pretty good for. Yeah, Buffalo, they've both
0: been good. So. I don't know if they're on like that elite level, but they've both been good. No. Um, but yeah, maybe
1: if fun. you have like a Tucker or something, that's when you try yeah. it.
0: And you hear those stories. Like I think David Akers hit some 70 yarders or something, but it's always in practice. you know, Yeah. Never happened.
1: Oh yeah. Me. They're always lining up from 60, 65, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Practice. No one's coming at Yeah, A little less pressure, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh ah, well, well, we got some start sits to go over today. You want to jump in?
1: Yeah. Week 14. I've got uh, Two playoffs starting here i think i was mentioning to you Got yeah, one that i got to buy so only one of my uh, leagues officially have a playoff matchup this week
0: yeah very nice that's fun to get started early
1: yeah yeah i mean i probably would hope to have it a little later but you know it is what it is and it's, you know, it's just exciting nonetheless to see Playoffs have begun and in, in here in some leagues.
0: Yeah, it's cool to have the the excitement kind of spread out a little bit instead of one week hitting and everyone happening at once. You have something a little bit early, so
1: yeah, it's yeah be it spreads it out. Yeah, yeah, we will see. But it is week 14 already. Um, I think we've just got the Thursday and the Monday game. But I was looking at the schedule ahead, and week 15 or yeah, week 15 and 16 both have um. Thursday, Saturday, and Monday games. So Uh, spread out for the playoffs.
0: Yep. Yeah, they do that sometimes with their Saturday games.
1: Yeah, I I feel like I've seen like a Saturday game or two Saturday games, but it's two Saturday games, two weeks in a row. So the 18th and Christmas, we have two games each day.
0: Yeah, interesting. I guess aiming for a Christmas Day game. People are sitting home. Yeah, maybe
1: two two playoff games on Christmas Day. I guess they're you know. Wanting to see how they can do against the NBA, who has kind of traditionally had Christmas as their big day.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that would be fun. Oh, boy. So uh, you ready to jump in?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Cool. cool, let's do it. So starting with the quarterback position as a normal, uh, Well, Mr. Teddy Bridgewater versus the Lions or Jimmy G at Cincinnati?
1: Um, Two guys I don't think you're thrilled to start. Probably middle of the pack, you know. QB two ish. Uh matchup wise, you've probably got to lean Denver, but man, it just it doesn't seem like you wanna play any of their receivers. Like you're not thrilled to play Sutton or Patrick or Judy. So I don't know that you're thrilled to play play Bridgewater either. I mean Yeah, we'll see if Melvin comes back, but I think this could definitely be more of a rushing game from the two, you know, from <clears throat> from one or, or multiple of those running back so i think eileen jimmy g here i I would hope that you'd be able to find a better streaming option but i think eileen jimmy g here and then you know hope that debo's back i guess you know debo back or not it doesn't really matter because he's playing mostly running back as it is
0: yeah i agree with you uh bridgewater looks nice because of the matchup but he just hasn't been doing a lot for fantasy. And, you know, like you said, it could just be a Javante Williams game. You know, we'll see if Melvin Gordon's playing or not. Um, meanwhile, Jimmy G, you never know what you're going to get. He has some low scoring games. He has some high scoring games are kind of all over the place, but he seems to be a little bit more, you know, uh, more consistent than Bridgewater, like a a more consistent higher performer, I guess you could say than than Bridgewater. Not that he's a high performer, but higher than Bridgewater and on a more consistent basis. So yeah, I'd go with Jimmy G as well there.
1: All right. our next uh, matchup here, uh, we have Lamar Jackson at Cleveland or Russell Wilson at Houston.
0: Yeah, this is a, uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, Lamar Jackson, it's been a little while since he's been really good for fantasy four or five weeks. It feels like, I mean, there was an injury in there, um, but he hasn't been, you know, lighting it up since he returned either. Um, meanwhile, you know, Russell Wilson, he played bad when he first returned, but from a fantasy perspective, he's been fine the past two weeks, maybe three. Um, so I think I lean his way, especially given the matchup against Houston, you know, a much easier matchup than, you know, Lamar's going to have with Cleveland. Uh, so I think I lean on the Wilson side for that reason, nothing wrong with Lamar, you know, solid starting option, but I, I think I'd prefer Wilson. What about you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you definitely have had more down games. He's been in the teens, but he's still, maybe it's because of, um, the guys around him. He's still been top 20, you know, even in the last few weeks, week nine, QB one week, 10 QB 10. um, did he not play against Chicago? Yeah, I guess Lamar uh, did miss that one game. Yeah, he
0: missed one game. I forget who they were up against.
1: Yeah. and then QB 17 with just 13 points against Cleveland, but balanced back to QB 11. So, you know, you would QB, you know, you don't want that QB one. You want the QB one. But amongst that, you know, stretch, I think Ross only beat him once. So I'm still not able to play i I just can't play Russ until we really truly see him you know back to form and getting some more games on the ground i think that's really where you're banking is lamar's rushing yards 120 39 missed game 68 55 you're you're just getting way too many rushing yards baseline so i'm gonna take lamar here even a little bit tougher of a matchup
0: yep that's perfectly fair uh, last quarterback question. We got three in here. We don't do three quarterbacks too often, uh, but we have Burrow versus the 49ers. Uh, last I heard he, he's going to be playing, um, Mr. Cam Newton versus the Falcons or Heineke versus Dallas.
1: That's crazy to think that, you know, you can put Burrow up against these two guys. I think I got to play Burrow. I get maybe like a pure upside of Cam Newton. Um, but the floor is, Literally zero, really. I mean, he gets benched. Um, Heineke, not bad. I think there's like a decent floor for him, but Cowboys have been playing good on defense, so I don't know that I particularly want to do that. And Niners have been playing well overall. Defense has been playing well, but you just have too many weapons for Cincinnati. I think we'll be able to keep he and uh, and Cincinnati afloat, so I'll take Burrow.
0: Yeah, I do think this is pretty tough. Um, Cam, you know, like we said on the waiver show yesterday, he's your guy. If you need really high upside, he's the one that's getting you the upside. He just has no floor. Um, Burrow and Heineke, if you look at their their fantasy production over the past five weeks, are actually pretty similar. Um, Burrow hasn't broke 20 points in the past four weeks. Um, There's a bye week in there. Um, So it's it's really five weeks. But he hasn't broke 20 points in a while. Um, Heineke's done it once. So they're pretty similar. Um, I think I lean the Heineke side because, you know, they're similar from that standpoint and Burrow's got the injury. So I guess I'd rather lean away from the injury. So I'll go with Heineke. I don't mind Burrow. They're really even for me. Uh, Burrow's probably got a little bit more upside to him because he's Joe Burrow, but I think I'll take the safer route in Heineke there.
1: All right. That wraps up QBs here. Next up, we're going to move on to running backs. We've got PPR, Chuba Hubbard versus the Falcons or Melvin Gordon versus the Lions.
0: Yeah. So I guess we're assuming Melvin Gordon's playing. Um, we still don't know that yet. Yeah. But.
1: I don't know that I'd play him over Chuba if he's not active.
0: Correct. Yeah. I, w- I would probably not start him in that instance. And I don't think I'd start him if he does play, to be honest. Um, they they both have really good matchups, uh, but Chuba's the guy. Yeah. Um, you know there are some concerns of Cam taking goal line stuff away, so maybe he's not the guy in that regard. Uh, but he's the guy against a bad defense. Meanwhile, Gordon is going to be sharing the load to some degree with the future there in Denver. Um, and you know it, it might be a little bit less of a share than he's gotten throughout the rest of the season because he's coming off an injury. So none of that is anything that I really would like to deal with. So I'll take Chuba here.
1: Yeah. I don't know, I think I still lean Gordon if everything points to him being, you know, just about fully healthy, right? You know, eighty percent or more, right? If he's, you know, very limited and looks like he's gonna be on a pitch count, sure. But I I feel like we've seen, you know, a good bit of Chuba this year with injury without uh with injury to C M C and I mean he's had a couple of you know good games but really been, you know, over sixty yards twice. Um, so I'm just not thrilled about that. He's gotten volume, and I, I do think he can, you know, get majorly vultured, touchdown-wise. So I, I like the matchup, but I think they want to use Amir Abdullah as well. I think this is you know, just as much of a of, of a um, of a timeshare, yeah, than you know, as the other one but we've seen it with Melvin. They definitely trust him. They're going to run him as much as they can when healthy because he's gone next year. So I lean Melvin here, unless we find out he's less than 80, 70% and he's going to be really limited. And then sure. I'll I'll take the the healthy player with Chuba. Uh,
0: Next one. uh, Half point PPR here. Will Kareem hunt versus the Ravens or Clyde Edwards, lair versus the Raiders.
1: I think this one's pretty easy. I think you got to go, Clyde. You know he's looked good. The Raiders aren't a incredible defense. I think it's a good matchup, not great, not bad. Um, and as much as I love Kareem Hunt, I do believe that Baltimore, you know, is going to be very susceptible to the pass, but not so much against the run. They've been pretty good, pretty stout. Cream's still working his way back in. He had, you know, one game. Looks like he got. Seven carries, one target, so slowing his way back in. Uh, Actually, that was against Baltimore, too. I mean, they forgot about that. They're playing Baltimore by Baltimore again. So, yeah, I I think he will be more utilized this week as they try to get him going for the stretch run here. I think, you know, they're only 6-6, and so they still have a chance. But I like Clyde here as the main guy on an offense.
0: Yeah, I agree. You would think, you know... The game that Hunt returned, it was, you know, him slowly getting up to gear. And now they've had a bye week. So he could be, you know, maybe not fully healthy, but enough of the way there to be productive. Um, but you are rolling the dice that, that that's the case. And, you know, he's in a, a vicious timeshare to a degree. CEH, so he, he's sharing the load with, you know, Daryl Williams to a degree, but not to the extent that Hunt and Chubb share with each other, right? Um, scoring format also impacts a little bit here. Half point, uh, PPR, that hurts Hunt to Me more than it hurts CH. CH could catch the ball, but Hunt lives and dies, uh, you know, on, on those passes. So that hurts him a little bit. Um, could be a big game for him. You know, Ravens, they're gonna need to pass the ball potentially. You know, there's a lot working for him. It just feels like much more of a, a roll of the dice. Meanwhile, like you said, the Raiders defense, uh, pretty average, uh, but the team as a whole is just backpedaling, you know, ever since you know, I don't want to say ever since it grew to news, it was probably like a week or two after. Maybe more so sort of the Rugs news, but they've just been backpalling for weeks. Everyone sees it. So could be a good week for CH. So I'm with you. I'll take uh, Edwards Alaire there.
1: All right. And our last PPR matchup here, or last running back matchup, it is also PPR. Daryl Henderson, uh, limited off of the limited game last week. We'll see what kind of practice he gets this week. Going up against Arizona, I believe that's the Monday night game. AJ Dillon versus the Bears coming off the bye and Devonta Freeman at Cleveland uh, in a game that we've talked quite a bit about here, it seems like.
0: Yeah, for real. Um, this one's really difficult because you don't, you don't know Henderson's health. You know, he was active in that game, but uh, he didn't really do anything. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you really don't know what you're going to get out of him. So you want to dismiss him easily, but you look at AJ Dillon, who's been good, but you, at the same time, you know, Aaron Jones has returned. AJ Dillon's been good, but they just had the bye week you know, is Aaron Jones out fully healthy and he's just going to get the rock again all the time and, you know, relegate Dylan a little bit. Uh, and then rolling the dice on, you know, Devonta Freeman, you know, you roll the dice on any of the, the Baltimore running backs and who knows what you're really going to get. Um, oddly enough, it feels like Freeman's the one that's more likely to get the guaranteed work because of the injury question marks of the other two. But I, th- I feel like I'd rather go with Dylan and just say he's earned himself enough of a role uh that he's going to continue. It, it kind of feels wrong. Maybe it's me wanting to go with the the new flashy young guy over the the older vet that's just, you know, barely hanging on in the league, but uh I think I'll go with AJ Dylan here. What about you? What do you think? This is tough.
1: Yeah, I think for me not not necessarily easy, but easier. I I think I I as much as Freeman's beginning work, I think he's the one that I rule out first. And it comes down to, I'm going to roll Dylan unless we get like some full practices from Henderson. I think Dylan is a pretty easy choice when it's you know similar to what we got out of Henderson last week. And then Devonta Freeman again uh, at Cleveland on just a Baltimore team that hasn't been putting up points recently. So I think Adrian Dylan, pretty easy. Unless we see that you know Henderson is a full go and he's going to get his full workload, then I think I'm going to roll Henderson pretty easily, even in a tough matchup against Arizona.
0: Moving to the wide receiver portion of the show here, well, PPR Jerry Judy versus the Lions, Michael Gallup at Washington, and Van Jefferson at Arizona. Who do you want?
1: Yeah, this one is um, is pretty tough as well. I, I think as you know mm-hmm. more boom bust for, for Van Jefferson at Arizona. So I'd probably roll him out first unless you like just need big upside. I think there's gonna be more volume for Gallup and Judy. Um but you know, Gallup I think there's some question marks depending on who else is healthy there. Looks like CD's back and, and you know, looks to be good to go. But we'll see about Amari. We don't know, you know, if he's gonna be back and will he be full health, because we saw him play what a week and a half ago now. And he was out there, but he wasn't a full participant, it seemed like. So I think there's definitely some uncertainty there. If it seems like Amari's not full or you know not playing, I think Gallup's to play here. As much as I think before this, we talked a little bit about the Denver receivers. I want to say Judy's the one that I trust the most, but I don't love really any of them. So definitely kind of that flex choice here. You know, I think Judy's probably the safest bet of the bunch, but you have more upside and Gallup if Mari's out and just Van Jefferson in general as your big play guy if you want big play option.
0: See, I'm kind of on the opposite side of you. I think um, Gallup's tough because you don't know the injury concerns. He's the one I rule out first because I think you know. Amari played last week. You gotta assume he's getting better, I guess. <laughs> and, you know, Gallup's gonna be reg- uh, brought down to the, the third option there. Um, with the Zeeks and any you know, of the tight ends and everything. So I'm going to take out Gallup first. If you get news, you know, obviously of like, you know, Cooper aggravated or something that changes everything. But as of right now, I lower Gallup. Um, Judy and Jefferson are really close, but I lean Jefferson because of the shootout potential for that game. That, that, ideally is a high scoring game. Um, What surprised me when I looked at both of them, they're actually very similar in volume. They're either the same or Jefferson actually gets a little bit more volume depending on the week than Judy. But Judy's been safer from a fantasy perspective. Uh, Jefferson's floor been lower. He hasn't been making the most of all those opportunities. Um, So like you said, a little bit more boom bust there. I'm fine with the volume. I am excited about the shootout potential of the game. So I'll go with Jefferson.
1: All right, and next up, another three-wide receiver tandem. Um, This is a pick two, Steve. I don't know if I uh, said that earlier yesterday, picking two, eliminating one. Uh, Chase Claypool at Minnesota, Brandon Ayuk at Cincinnati, and Darnell Mooney at Green Bay half-point PPR.
0: They're all pretty similar, I think. I'll, I'll lock in Mooney right off the bat just cuz he's one of few options there. Um he's been pretty good all year. He's had his down weeks, but you know, he's been solid. So I'll lock in Mooney first. Uh, I'm hoping for a, a decent game. You know, that could, you know, Bears Packers sometimes are just low scoring, you know. Um but who knows? I'll, I'll go with Mooney. I trust him more than the other two right now. Uh Claypool and Ayuk you know, I, I wish I looked at their stats beforehand, but they feel pretty similar. Where right? they'll have good weeks, they have average weeks, they have bad weeks. They're kind of all over the place. And in a situation like that, I trust the San Francisco offense a little bit more than I trust Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know if I should be taking that stance, but that's the stance I'm going to take. You know, maybe just more excited about Ayuk. I don't know. I'll take Ayuk at Cincy and Mooney and bench Claypool. I have no issue Claypool. I think it's all really close.
1: Yeah, I think it's close as well. I'm there with you, locking in Mooney first. I think it was a down game, but it was a tough matchup. I don't think the weather was great either. So it was Arizona this week, right? I think he's coming off of the Arizona game. Tough matchup, not the best weather. And I just think that was, you know, almost an expected somewhat down game for him. But I'll lock him back in as, you know, wide receiver two slash kind of flex wide receiver three area. Um, the other two, it is much tougher, as you said. You know, Brandon Ayuk. I, I, keep wanting to say with Debo out, you know, should get more volume, but Debo has barely been getting that wide receiver volume as pretty much been a running back. One thing I think that's just been, I found out recently that's really surprising. So Chase Cable coming off of a season where, what did he score, like double-digit touchdowns as a rookie?
0: Yeah, I think so. If not, he's he close.
1: One touchdown this season, and is still the wide receiver 25 and half-point scoring.
0: Yeah, he's definitely somebody you'd be looking at next year as a potential buy-low. Maybe somebody you get like fifth, sixth round that could have a lot of bounce back, but you're going to have the quarterback questions. Uh, so that's going to make him interesting, you know, come mock season next year for sure.
1: Yeah, and so he definitely had his down weeks. I mean, I think... He's only been a top one, top twelve receiver once, and that was literally the one week he scored a touchdown. Still, wide receiver ten with twenty two points. Outside of that, he's been in that twenty to thirty range, and, and quite a few times beyond forty. So tough, but if he can get in the end zone, you know, you, you like that uh, opportunity. I probably take a shot on him. I mean, it, it, I guess both of them you're really taking a shot on, and and. You'd imagine George Kittle comes back to Earth a little bit. Who knows George Kittle? Because he could stay up there. I go back and forth. I think I do lean Brandon Ayuk in this situation. It's terrifying because it's hard to trust either of them. But I think I lean Ayuk over Claypool?
0: Yeah, that's fair. It's a, it's a tough one for sure. Uh, next one here: last wide receiver half point PPR Tyler Lockett at Houston or Terry McLaurin versus the Cowboys.
1: All right, Tyler Lockett, man, I think Eileen Lockett McLaurin has he's looked, you know, like he's looked the part when you're watching him, but he's just not had the games that you expected from him. His first two weeks of the year went off was a top six receiver, top two receiver. Since then, he's only had one top ten week. You know, last week he was twelve, so you can say two top twelve weeks, but he's just not been it there and he's had some injuries, has said not had the quarterback play that you'd hope for him. But I don't know that I'm sorry, actually that I was pulling up stats. That was Tyler Lockett. So that makes a lot more sense. Um and a lot of that obviously is without Russell Wilson. So you see that with Tyler Lockett. But you see the last few weeks him coming back to life a little bit. I just from body of work, Terry McLaurin, I, I know that he has, you know, without having the quarterback there, he has not he's had his up and downs. Yeah, he's so he's got a week uh, top top um seven four times. So he's had he's got his boom games, but his floor is in the forties and fifties as well. So I, I guess I trust Russell Wilson more than than um than Tyler Heineke. So I guess I, I lean Lockett here. Uh, like some of the stats, I guess betray that, but I I lean Lockett in this matchup just because man, McLaurin has and and he's probably going to be getting um, Trayvon Diggs as well against the Cowboys. So I think it's Lockett for me.
0: Yeah, I I don't waver as much as you have. I think it's Lockett easily for me. Um, it, it, which is it feels weird. You you can't let the the Seattle noise impact you here. You look from a fantasy perspective. He's been double digits four out of the past five weeks. Well, one there's a buy-in there. Um, before out of the f- last five weeks that they played, he was in double digits for fantasy. Meanwhile, Terry McLaurin was double digits once. Um, now, Terry gets plenty of volume. You know, he has no competition. Well, I guess Logan Thomas is back. But, you know, he says yeah, he doesn't maybe. have a lot of competition.
1: Logan Thomas got hurt. so Yeah, I mean,
0: true. So you don't know.
1: They said it's not a torn ACL. But, you know, when that's the diagnosis... You're hoping that he plays even.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You really don't know. But yeah, I mean, McLaurin, he gets higher, uh, more consistent volume. You know, Lockett's had weeks where he's had higher volume, but he's also had weeks Mm -hmm. where he's lower volume. McLaurin's safer from that regard. So you look at him and everything, you know, is pointing in the right direction. But from a face perspective, it hasn't happened. So, you know, I'm not going to pass up the guy that's getting double digits week in and week out. Um, So yeah, I will stick with Lockett pretty easily.
1: All right. And our final start sit question. It's interesting. I'm glad it's going to you first because I don't think I mentioned this one to you. But this is actually a decision I have in the one playoff week that I'm going up against here. I picked up Tyler Conklin probably about a week or two ago, and I've been rolling with Kyle Pitts all week, so or all year. Kyle Pitts at Carolina, Tyler Conklin versus the Steelers at or a half point PPR.
0: This one. Uh it's a roll of the dice, but it's an easy roll of the dice for me. I'll take Conklin. Um it doesn't look like Thielen's gonna play. Um so those targets, yeah, it's either going to Conklin or Osborne, you know, maybe probably a split between two, but you're pretty much rolling the dice on who is it gonna be. Is it gonna be Conklin or is it gonna be Osborne that has a good game? One of them should. Um, I would take the shot on Conklin. You know, we've seen plenty of good weeks from him. Uh all year long. They're kind of scattered throughout there. You know, meanwhile, Pitts, you know, he's been fine a, a lot of weeks. He has a re- reached double digits, but he's got some, you know, seven points, eight points, nine points, that kind of stuff scattered throughout there. He's got some bad weeks too, though, of like threes and fours. Yeah. And he hasn't. I don't remember exactly when Ridley left. But looking at his uh, points here, I'm pretty sure I know when Ridley left. And he hasn't done <laughs> anything since that happened. And unless Ridley's coming back this week, and I don't think he is, I don't see any reason for that to change. So I I don't want to start Pitts. I'll take Conklin. It's probably more of a high-risk move because the volume could just go to, to Osborne and Conklin gets four targets no touchdown or something. But that's the play I'm going to make.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah, you look at it since that that London game week seven against Miami. He's not been over double digit point scoring in half point PPR. He, he's been number 12 once, which you don't want to be top 12. And, and, you know, as a tight end, you want to be top three or four, you know, to really be a difference maker for your team. So yeah, that's, um, that's scary to see. Uh, and it's, it's, it feels like he has, you know, the higher ceiling, but, think, you know, Conklin, you could argue, is up there as well in the likelihood that they hit it. And, you know, Conklin probably has a, h- a higher opportunity there as well. So I lean Conklin, and I think I, that's the call I'm going to make here. It's weird to think in the playoffs you go to a Tyler Conklin over a guy like Pitts who's getting such crazy volume. But you got to go with, you know, the play that makes sense, and I think that's, I think that's the move.
0: And it's a shame you can't even look at the matchups. Uh, Pittsburgh giving up the 10th fewest points at a tight end, and Carolina giving up the 11th fewest. So yeah. the matchups have no impact, really.
1: Yeah, right on par there.
0: Yeah, it's wild. It is wild. But that's going to take care of the start-sit questions. We're going to move over to the trade segment here. All dynasty questions from here on out here, Will. Uh, first one, it's evolving a big question running back here. PPR, it's a time to sell Davin Cook. Would you rather have Dalvin Cook or Henderson in the early 2022 first?
1: I guess I'm trying to think first kind of where each of these teams are coming from, right? If you're buying Cook, he's hurt. So if you're a true contender, you got, you know, I think there's a chance he plays this week, but Thursday game. So you're buying him off the injury and hopefully he plays because if, if he doesn't play, then you know you're selling a pick in and, and Henderson who you know could lose some value to Akers next year. Uh, but if you know if he does he could come in and be a league winner. So I think I lean cook here more because I don't think Henderson's an expiring asset, but his his current value is probably at, you know, possibly an all time high. We'll see what Akers comes back as and, and you know, the pick early 2022 first is going to be solid. You know, there's a couple of good running backs, a few good receivers. So you're going to get a, a valuable guy, but you got to hit and we know what Cook is. So I, I think I still take Cook there.
0: I agree. It's not, I'm fine with selling Dalvin Cook. I mean, you know, like you said, he's hurt. So it doesn't feel like you're selling him at peak value, but he gets hurt a lot to be fair. So I'm fine with selling him. But this isn't the return I want. Um, the, the first is perfect. Like, that's awesome. Uh, Henderson, though, what's he going to be next year? Like, I don't want to move Dalvin Cook. Like, moving Dalvin Cook for a young, you know, DeAndre Swift in early first. That's awesome. You get a young guy who's a starter. You get an early first. That's Perfect. But if you move Dalvin Cook and then Cam Akers is back to Cam Akers and Henderson's back to just being a backup that you know is in a timeshare, you're not going to be happy with that. Um, you know, especially if you swing and miss on your first. You know, keep in mind everyone loves your early firsts, but you know if you traded Dalvin Cook for Henderson that becomes a backup and C E H. You know, when he was the 101, you're probably not happy with that because he hasn't turned into what you wanted. Uh, Or Dobbins, who was in a timeshare and now he's hurt, you know. So there's the risk. Yeah, ETN, exactly. There's the risk with those picks where they look shiny, but, you know, you bust and it sucks. Um, Yeah, even Cam Akers, that whole draft (laughs) was a disaster. Like you look at all those running backs and how good they are. CEH hasn't lived up to expectation. Swift has been good. JT has been good. Acres has been hurt. Dobbins has been hurt. So you went two for five so far. You know, they could turn it around. There's plenty of time for, you know, Dobbins and Acres and and NCH to be something. But so far, you swung and missed. Um, You know, not us. (laughs) 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 JT. Um, We did. But, you know, that's a big risk. And I'm cool taking the risk on one of those picks. But I I feel like I'm taking a risk with both. And I'm not selling a big asset like Cook for two risks.
1: All right. And our next, uh, as you mentioned, it's going to be all dynasty really from here on out. With redraft trade deadline done, half point PPR Leonard Fournette or the aforementioned Cam Akers.
0: Yeah, so this one is interesting. You know, like you said to start the other call or the other call, the other question that um, you could look at it from the lens. Okay, I'm a contender. I'll say Cam Akers. I'll get Leonard Fournette, and I'll make a push. That makes sense. I think I'd be okay with that if yeah, it feels like. The the valuation is off. Like I still value Acres higher because his upside and longevity. Uh, I the injury can mess up the longevity, but he's young. Where Fournette, I, I've said multiple times, feels like he's just going to drop off the radar one year and just go. Um, so I worry about Fournette's future, but I'm good with both sides of this. If I'm a contender, I'll take the Fournette side. I think you overpaid, but you're pushing for a championship. That's fine. If I'm a rebuild, I'm excited to get Acres.
1: Yeah, I think I'm there as well. I mean, this seems like a perfect trade for a contender to pick up Fournette for the stretch run. Even though he doesn't have a great free volume, but he's been catching it. Or sorry, he doesn't have a great schedule, but he's been catching a lot of passes too, which is insane on top of the carries he gets. So I think he's a great pickup for the stretch run here. And I, you know, maybe it's tough to trade away Acres, but if it, it you know puts you over the top and you get that. Championship, that's really what you're looking for. And if I'm, you know, a middling team or a non contending team, I'm more than happy to trade for a net for acres.
0: Perfect. Our next one here will PPR AJ Brown in two 20 23 seconds or Devontae Adams and Gronk.
1: Yeah, so I snuck a peek ahead at this one because this one's pretty interesting. So the way I, I kind of break it down is if you're a contender and you need a tight end. I'm okay trading a 2023 20, second for Gronk. So I kind of, you know, toss that off. If you're not a contender and you have Gronk and you're trying to get rid of him, I mean, I guess you could argue maybe he has some value next year if he and Brady both come back. But if you can get, you know, a, a second-round pick for him, awesome. So then it's, you know, A.J. Brown and a second in 23 or Devontae Adams. And, you know, it comes down to, I think, you know, contending, you know, Adams is probably gonna help you a lot more this playoff run than AJ Brown is, but the pick I don't think does a ton for me, but you, know, you could argue AJ Brown for Adams straight up is is a fair overall trade because of the more longevity you're gonna get with AJ Brown. As a contender, I'm okay taking the Adams and Gronk side if you are you know you're either middle of the pack or rebuilding. I'm um, more than okay to take AJ Brown in a couple of picks. To, you know, maybe hope you could get a little more for for Adams, but you know, AJ Brown in in the long-term look is not, you know, far of a drop from from Adams whereas, you know, one-year look, I think it is a big upgrade. So I think this is a pretty fair trade overall. Probably, you know, if I'm a contender, if I'm in the playoffs, Adams and Gronk make sense to really a couple pieces to put you over the top if i'm not number you know looking to not make the playoffs aj brown of those picks it sounds good as well so i think it's a pretty fair trade you know as long as you're making the trade from the right position
0: yeah i think i agree mostly if i'm a contender i'm good with all your logic taking the Adams side you know if i'm looking at it just like as a pure evaluation standpoint like you said aj brown and adams there's not a huge difference there um is that gap a 2023 20, second? You know, it's two years out, so it's devalued a little bit. Does that make it even? Maybe. I think it probably pushes it a little bit more on the AJ Brown side. Um, and then I'll definitely take a second over Gronk. Um, but it's not, I, I say definitely, as if it was some like massive difference. It's not that big of a difference. But uh, I think from a valuation standpoint for me, it, it's a hair on the AJ Brown side, but I'm good with everything you said. It's pretty even. I'm good with both sides of it. As long as you're doing it for the, you know, the contender rebuild kind of reason, You're a contender and you're adding AJ Brown. He's got a good schedule. So that makes sense. Um, you know, maybe you don't need Gronk. You got another tight end. You want to pick up some picks for some trade ammo. Like, I think there's a story to tell there. you're just rolling the dice on the injury of AJ Brown. Um, as I all know all too well, and unfortunately, um, so that could pay off, might not, um, but yeah, I'm good with everything you said.
1: All right. <laughs> so next up here, Dynasty, we have PPR IDP League at uh, 22, the third pick in a, the first round of uh, the 22 rookie draft, or Jalen Waddle?
0: Yeah, this is tough because I don't know Dynasty IDP that well. Um,
1: you high? usually don't draft him high, if at all, That's
0: really. what I thought. Like Even when you have like a – uh, you know, a Mario Williams that went first overall or a Nick Bosa that went, whatever, second or third overall, I, I don't think you're drafting them over your top tier running backs and stuff still.
1: Um, no, I'll say, you know, I, there's one person in, in the IDP dynasty league that traditionally drafts a, you know, a defender and it's late second, early third. I wanted to reach and get Michael Parsons, one of my favorite college players. And I got him you know, early third round of the rookie draft. And that was even kind of like, oh, someone had to take a, you know, IDP, didn't they? So you're not going to see him going, you know, much higher than late second, early third. That's probably, you know, a little bit of a reach unless there's some crazy scoring format.
0: Okay, fair enough. So you can really throw out the IDP portion of it. And it's basically, you know, Waddle for the 103. I've seen enough from Waddle to, to say, you know, he looks legit, you know, could just be a rookie year. You know, you never really know well, what could happen? Um, but I've seen enough from Waddle that uh justifies not cashing him in or just to roll the dice all over again. So I'll take Waddle here.
1: Yeah, I think fairly easily I'll take Waddle as well. I mean, you could obviously hit a lot bigger here. You could bust out, but I think you know what you have in Waddle right now to a degree. One season in, but it's more than – you know zero games. You know of a kind of unnamed pick. So I uh, I'll, I'll take Waddle fairly easily as well.
0: Okay, and uh, last question here, Will. This might seem kind of familiar to you. Uh, PPR Josh Jacobs in a twenty three third or Dobbins two twenty two thirds and a twenty two fourth.
1: It does sound familiar, Steve. I think that is um, the reason that we have uh, two two viable running backs this week with some bye week <laughs> issues. Yes. Um, yeah, Steve and I, you know, were looking to solidify our, our playoff run in our dynasty league. Really, we're just running with Taylor and Najee Harris as our running backs. We have Devonta Freeman, Mark Ingram, just kind of some filler guys, and we're hanging on to Dobbins all year, and, and finally pulled the trigger to utilize him as a um, you know, as an asset and traded him and, and the rest of our 22 picks. Uh, to get an extra pick in 23 which you know i think a lot of people you know view as a, a stronger draft but ultimately you're just getting a, a pick back which further down the line and uh and Josh Jacobs who's been really consistent this year and i think is someone that is going to you know hopefully help us on this stretch run here is a really really good rb3 for us
0: yeah um you know we uh, we should clarify a contender um, We're ten and three, easily the highest scoring team in the league. I think we might have two hundred points on the year over everyone else. No, our, our friend Bird's like one hundred and fifty, but yeah, we we're way ahead, and yet we're tied for three first way division. tie at three way tie. Yeah, which is is something else because both teams we're tied with we have two hundred points on. Yeah, um, so that's a shame. But uh, us and our, our friend Jarrett, there, he we're on a four game winning streak. He's on a five game winning streak. Um, so yeah, I mean we felt like we needed to add another running back, never a bad thing. Um and more importantly, you know, our running backs are Najee, Jonathan Taylor, and now Josh Jacobs. Um so we got three starters there. From the wide receiver side, we've got Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, and Tyreek Hill. But it allows us to avoid the the weekly. Do we start Cole Beasley in our last slot, or Aja yeah. Moore in our last slot, or Jarvis Landry? We could just plug in, you know, Josh Jacobs. Don't worry about that carousel, um, and we're good to go. So we'd be starting Najee, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill. Uh, pretty good combo, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. One of these weeks we'll have to do a, a recap of uh, how the league's looking. I was thinking, you know, maybe in the next week or two, doing a uh, preview of playoffs of our dynasty league matchups and our redraft league matchup here to maybe make some picks and see who we think's going to win
0: yeah that's a good idea because the trades are definitely drying up um yeah at this point yeah, we can do dynasty. some dynasty
1: league uh, yeah league pick'ems if you will
0: Yeah, some league stuff that's yeah, cool good idea. Um, But hey, that's going to take care of all the trades and the show for today. So tune in next week for another waiver and start sit episode. Until then, folks, good luck and trust your board.